0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Big Stupid Podcast. I'm Kevin. And I'm John. And ladies and gentlemen, we are just two Gen Xers who are hiding out in our basement, hiding from our wives, just trying to have fun. (laughs) (laughs) Basically, that's uh, what we're
1: doing.
0: Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have another very special guest with us. A, a very special guest? A very <laughs> special... I love, John always actually he's shocked of what's going I'm on. Shocked. I'm shocked. Like, I have no idea we you're having a to guest tonight. Who, like, who is it? Ladies and gentlemen, our guest tonight has been on various different um, movies and TV shows. He was in Stuck On You, Waiting, Accepted. He's been on CSI New York, Rules of Engagement, Bones, Raising Hope, Castle, Two Broke Girls, The Rookie. Ladies and gentlemen, Skylar Stone, yes, let's go.
2: How funny would it have been if you were like, uh, great guest today, Derek Chauvin, everybody. Derek Chauvin, <laughs> uh, then I just come on, I'm like, yeah, this is my last night. I'm uh, going to the clinker tomorrow, so. I thought we could do that. I thought, I mean, it just seemed like that's how cops were these days and didn't get the memo. Guess we're going back to how it's supposed to be where you can't do stuff like that, you know? That, so no, that'd be it's, what a day, man! What a day!
0: <laughs> so, uh, Skyler, you're stand-up comedian, actor. Um, I started following you on Instagram. Thought thought you were hilarious, and definitely said I, I need to have, I need to have him on the show. So, welcome to our. <laughs> Big, stupid show. <laughs> in the future, you could just invite me to do the podcast, though, the,
2: the dick pics first, because that was really unnecessary.
0: Well, that's how I lure you in. And then- <laughs> Well,
2: no, it actually kind of scared me. It, uh, <laughs> you have a dick that looks like a, kind of like a, like a seized candy. You know what I mean? It's just got like these bumps on it. Like, so, you know, <laughs> here we are.
0: <laughs> so let's, let's get to know you a little bit. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, about your yourself growing up and, and what what it
2: was like and stuff like that. Growing up, uh, well, like, what, what do you mean you, like, where, are you, where are you
0: from? like.
2: I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, lived there till I was 15. Um, I remember the day I left. It uh, was December 10th, <laughs> 1993. And um, I remember that day for two reasons. Number one, Wayne's World 2 came out and I was really excited about that. <laughs> um, I loved
0: that movie when that came out,
2: well, we it's, it's funny.
0: Constantly.
2: It's an underrated sequel. No one talks about Wayne's World Two. It's kind of it's kind of sad, um, <laughs> you know. It's a hard thing to do a comedy sequel, you know. Meet the Fockers, um, and um, <laughs> uh, you know that one's a good one. No, but I grew up in St. Louis. So I'm a huge Cardinals fan, um, and um, St. Louis is a wild town to live in because you know we were we were the little latchkey kids, and so after school was pretty much you know. Uh, see what kind of uh, trouble you can get in because the, I grew up in a time where uh, a lot of parents work second shift and all, all you did if you were a degenerate like me was memorize which kids had parents that worked till 11 p.m and then it was my job to convince my parents that they did not work till 11 p.m and that they were in fact home and then I went over to those people's houses and ate whatever I want
1: and drank whatever I want and hooked up with whoever I want and so on and so forth Oh my God, it's so funny because, like, I remember growing up. I remember growing up, we did the same shit (laughs) where it's like, it's like we always had this family that, like, their parents were never home. And it's like, zero supervision. And we used to always go there. (laughs) And it was was like, mayhem. It was the first portal we ever watched. I I swear (laughs) to God, I was in eighth grade. I'm like, he's like, watch this and we're like okay let's go yeah. and i'll say this
2: there was there was respect for porno back then and what i mean by that is like it, it like if you got porno it was like it, it was like it, it was in a bag and it was traveled a great distance it showed up <laughs> and it was if it was like bad german porn and there was like a dog involved or whatever you were like oh fuck man there's a dog in this way. all right i'll I, well, I'm already beaten off, and I came all the way over here, David. So let's fucking watch it. And you're beating off with your friend on the opposite sides of the room. Like you, want, you finished it because it wasn't a Pornhub link. You couldn't just go ah next. 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 No clicking. It was a VHS tape. It traveled a great distance to be there. You know. <laughs>
1: and, and, it's like, and it's like, and it's like as letter. a kid, as a kid in eighth grade, you're trying to like figure out, like, all right, do we stop it? Do we keep it going? <laughs> you know, it's like I know. We, it's like <laughs> they just kept like, like <laughs> you
2: listen to that <laughs> weird German techno music, and you just go, "Well, <laughs> the dog doesn't look like it's in pain too much, so we're gonna finish this video."
1: So I love it.
0: Um, t- wanna, tell us some s- tell us some stories about high, like high school and and you know, um, some of those kids and and some of those. Hangouts where you uh, had zero supervision?
2: <laughs> well, um, I lived in a neighborhood um, called Peppertree Village. There were three streets: Caperwood, Gingerwood, and Peppertree. And, Pepper Tree. Um, and oh, no, Pepperdine. And we would, um, there's a big lake, and <laughs> on that lake um, lived Beth Calvin, and we were all in love with her, every single one of us. You know, she was like the neighborhood cute girl. And so the entire name in the game when we got out of school was who could brag about hanging out with Beth Calvin alone first. Now, nothing was really going down. We were quite young. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, we would be damned if we were going to tell you nothing. When, you know, like we were, I'm like, yeah, I walked Beth to her place, dude. Parents weren't there. So, you know, first base, you know, like we and we didn't even know what first base was. For all I knew, first base meant sex. And that's why I was saying it. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I didn't know what I was talking about, Um, but we were a fun crew. You know, it was Dan Sawyer, Scott Iverson, Joel and Trent Burke, the twins, everybody. We would run around the neighborhoods. We took over, I mean, like when I watched The Sandlot, I'm like, well, we were basically like Johnny Knoxville and Wee Man meets The Sandlot. Like we were like, Jackass meets Sandlot. That's what our crew was like. We weren't as innocent as eating s'mores. We were trying to find Marlboros and skip rocks and, you know, um, maybe getting some fights. Um, Oh, one time, middle of the night, uh, we went over in, in this neighborhood called Manchester, right outside of St. Louis. We walked all the way there. We're smoking cigarettes. We're having a good time. And there was this St. Louis post-dispatch truck, like just this long, like 18 wheeler. And, uh, I don't know why they left all these newspapers in there, but there were tons of St. Louis, uh, St. Louis post-dispatch newspapers. And, uh, I went in there and I decided to light them on fire. Cause you know, <laughs> that's what you do. And so I lit it on fire and, you know, I didn't, you know, I knew that newspaper was flammable. I don't think I knew it was as flammable. <laughs> Is it and um, it literally, it spread so fast. We jumped out, the thing was smoking and then like, it was like, you know, like the, the, the like the metal was going, <laughs> you know, it's heat. It's so it's contracting yeah. and expanding and uh, <laughs> it wasn't a good situation. And we started running and then before you know it, we can hear the cops and the fire department and, we just got the fuck out of there, you know. Our goal was to just see how far we could lean back in the fucking chair before we fall over, you know. Which <laughs> explains how I ended up an alcoholic and bipolar. So, you know. Oh,
0: Jesus Christ, I, I had a I had a similar story walking home from walking home from football practice. So it was it was in the middle of autumn. So all the all the gigantic leaf piles in our town. And somebody had a match and I lit a match and just tossed it <laughs> into the leaves. And it like instantly like went up. Like I, I, I did one of those, like, it was like a movie, like where you, you toss it behind you and you don't look and you just keep walking. So it could have been like slow motion. So like I, I said, there's no way, there's no way that it actually worked. So I, I look behind me and it's like an inferno and we just like take off and within Within minutes, we're we're hearing we're hearing cops and 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 sirens and shit. Oh my god, it was it was nuts.
2: Yeah, it you know it, 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 the problem is I feel bad for some kids because they'll get you know they'll get caught when they do something like that and they're labeled and it's like man, I don't know if a kid needs to be like you know it is so in the nature of a boy to wreak havoc. There, there's a reason. All these things from Evil Knievel to, to Johnny Knoxville to, you know, even like the prank kids on YouTube now, uh, Nelk Boys, Nelk Boys, um, you know, it, it, it got boys. There's, this, there's a reason it's there's a saying, boys will be boys. It's, it's exactly what you're supposed to be like. And then you're also never supposed to really let go of that. You're supposed to, you know, obtain a life for yourself and get a lane and, you know, service the world. But at the same time, dude, you cannot lose that fucking that boy nature, dude, it's, what, what, how is it worth, dude, we are so ugly, men, we're so fucking, ugly. look at women, dude, smooth, silky skin, like, you know what I mean, <laughs> even like when they stink, you know, they don't, you know, are like, ooh, I kind of like it, right, <laughs> oh, fuck, yeah, you yeah, fucking, yeah. that's what I'm fucking
1: talking
2: about, so my point you know is, I mean, did I tell they fucking you
1: fucking smell fucking good,
2: that's what I'm saying, <laughs> like, you know, my wife will have, like, armpit smell, I'm like, get over here, let me fucking smell that right now, and, like, the point <laughs> is, my, my wife, go ahead go ahead go ahead people it, it, oh, I'm saying it's bread. like people you know uh uh you know like guys are we're, we're fucking we're 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 ugly like we get in bed and like we're just this gross like fucking we're like we're like larva right we're just fucking larva <laughs> and women are just beautiful dolphins you know what i mean like just fucking <laughs> they're fucking dolphins dude they're fucking do- and don't even tell me you wouldn't fuck a dolphin i'd fuck a dolphin oh no you know what Totally fucking dolphin. Um, and uh, so my point is, since we're so ugly, you know, we—the only reason it's worth being a guy is to be immature and have a little bit of a boy nature. Other than that, we're fucking. You know, come on, we're straight white males.
1: We're we're, you know. <laughs> we're useless. <Yeah. laughs> totally useless. Other than
0: having a couple of fun. <laughs> yeah, my my wow. son right now. My son is six, about to be seven, and he's a psychopath he's just he's just insane he's already busted himself open like god knows how many times we did an entire episode on the trips my son has taken to the er
2: dude i took so many trips to the er that my parents got uh, questioned they were pulled aside and they were like you know we need to and they asked me too like are your parents hurting you and i'm like what do you mean like, you, know, you seem to get hurt a lot you know when your parents watch you, I'm like, yeah, especially when my dad watches me. And what I meant was, like, because my dad will let me do crazier things. But they were like, "Tell us more about that." I'm like, well, you know, you know, like, I'm just saying, whenever my dad's around and no one else is, it seems to happen a lot. And they're just like, "Really? What does he do to you?" I'm like, I had no idea that what they were leading me. So they pulled my secretary inside, and they and they go, "Mr. Mr. Stone, uh, we, we've noticed that. Uh, we think that you." Um, uh, we think that you're causing this. He says it only happens on your, like, on your watch. And then my mom was that's because he's an idiot, okay? He lets him climb trees and shit. That's what he means. And my mom, like, lost her mind. So then they were like, wait a minute, she's a little unstable. So and then like, him- you started, you know, so.
0: Yeah, my son was in the tub, jumped, jumped up and just sat down and hit his chin on the, on the side up and just busted his chin like wide open. Gushing blood. Scar. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, you know, that's
2: that, that that's it's kind of good that that happened to him because <laughs> now he's I mean that the story on how that happened is going to change so much over the years. <laughs> it's going to depend on what little fucking backstage Betty is in bed uh-huh. and he's going to be, like, "Oh, yeah, fucking I had to go to Compton, right? I was volunteering on this home and um I get. Oh, you guys live in New York, right? I had to go to Hell's Kitchen. I was I was helping Habitat for Humanity because I saved people, and I got in a fight with a gang on the way. You know, he, he's going to fucking change that story uh, so often.
0: Um, so now, now where did the, where did the where did the comedy the stand up comedy come in? Did, was was that before the was that before the acting? Did it evolve together? Was it after? Oh no, but way after acting because you know I mean.
2: I mean, I guess these days you could start stand up at a really young age and just put it on YouTube or something. But, you know, in the 80s, like there's there was no platform for kids to learn stand up. There was no, you know, especially in the Midwest. You weren't you didn't have any stand up connections. There was no there was none of that. I mean, I guess you could say I mean, if you wanted to be like artistic about it, you could say my stand up routines started in class. And like I was definitely like, you know, thinking of bits the night before or crowd work, you know, Watching people walk in and 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 making fun of their outfits, like I was, it was kind of like the Miyagi version of st- like painting the fence was leading me to you know the block, you know, like so like it was you know I was definitely learning crowd work by making fun of teachers live in person. I was learning bits like like <clears throat> if English class said you know write a story about something interesting in your life and I'd make it really funny. So I definitely was learning stand up and I was a student of stand up really young because I was really into watching comic relief that was like. That to me was the Super Bowl. To watch that every year, I love comic relief. Richard Lewis, you know, um, um, you know, comics like. Um,
0: well, I mean, it, it hosted by Robin Williams and and Billy Crystal. Whoopi. Whoopi.
2: But then everybody, then Bobcat Rodriguez Goldthwait
0: was on it. Who? I remember watching Paul Rodriguez on yeah. it,
2: and Bobcat Goldthwait, and Richard Lewis, and um, who was that guy that shot himself? That was in the mask with Jim Carrey. He played. His oh
0: richard jenny he was fucking amazing. richard
2: jenny did it a lot of people did it it was it it, it was like one of those like it was kind of like doing the roast on comedy central now
0: Uh like that that was
2: a star maker that means
0: you meant that you're making it yeah Chappelle was on that Chappelle. Chappelle comic
2: relief i didn't know that
0: yeah i mean i think he did like comic relief like eight you know like after it was on like a, a whole bunch but it's yeah, I don't uh, that something like that would ever stop. Like it's not like they stopped because
2: Robin Williams died. Like they stopped that years <laughs> ago. I don't know why they would ever <clears> keep
0: doing that. I don't know. It's, it's it's you're right. It's weird because I mean, um it's not like it's not like the problem went away. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's not like exactly. Yeah, homelessness cured. <laughs>
0: except except uh, what's what's the section over over in uh, California? That, what do you mean uh, the 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 homeless that it's like really out of control um uh, you mean
2: all of los angeles <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, but isn't, uh, there,
0: isn't there like that one
2: oh skid row yeah it's, is that what you mean
0: yeah i i think so it's like really it's like really bad
2: oh yeah it's an epidemic it's yeah it's it's not you know like garcetti just announced that he's gonna throw a billion dollars at it uh but you know talk is cheap. I, I'd like to really see what they mean by that. You know, I hope that stuff gets funneled the right way. Cause a lot of times that stuff gets funneled to, you know, mayor's friends and
0: businesses and stuff. And it doesn't always, oh, yeah, it never, it never goes to where it really needs to be. Um, all right. So how did, so how did you get into, how did you get into acting and, and... well, yeah, acting came first
2: because not only did I just have a big love for movies you know, I grew up, you know, watching, uh, I loved the movies like The Toy. I loved Ghostbusters. I loved Trading Places. I loved, um, you know, all the great movies, all the great comedies. Planes, Empire, Trains, and Empire of the Sun. Empire of the Sun is my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> those,
1: those are all great movies, man. Those are all, like, Fair fantastic movie all movies.
2: But I was more thinking of just, comedies are what made yeah. me go, like, I want to be that. I can do this. Yeah. And... I started taking their VHS camera and just started fucking around. I did monologues. I would memorize like Rocky's monologues. I loved, you know, um, I used to love to do the, uh, the speech at the end of Rocky for, it Rocky like, but so I can change. Can
1: change. You, you can change. We, everybody you can change. Can change.
2: <laughs> yeah. I used to love doing that one. I used to love that. And then um, my dad would do impressions with me. Um, I love to do Sly when I was younger. Uh, I liked that My dad did Sly. He did Sly really well. And then I just started making VHS short films. Uh, nothing too good. I wouldn't say people were watching him going like, whoa, we got a, you know, Wes Anderson here in that Shyamalan. <laughs> it was more like, there's a piece of raw talent here. There's a kid that just wants to be really fucking funny.
0: So your your dad, like your dad, like supported you and like nurtured.
2: I, I, I really can't relate to anyone when they say my parents, Gave me a lot of shit about what i wanted to be there was never even a moment that i ever recall either parent just looking at me and going well you might want to get realistic i mean when i said i'm moving to los angeles so i'm going to be a star they packed my, my my car with me now granted one of the reasons they packed it they were probably <laughs> trying to get, get the fuck rid out. of me but you know at the same time they were very supportive and they've always been my biggest fans and you know they they
1: what's that like you know, like, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you tell Kevin what that thought, what, what that's like? Because I'm not gonna lie, man. What I Kevin had, you know, in his household, because he had the opposite of what you had going forward. Yeah, I can't relate to that, dude. I really can't. Like,
2: you know, I don't mean to brag, I don't mean to boast, but I'm intercontinental when I eat French toast, Beastie Boys. Um, I, I just, you know, I had a really good supportive set of parents and i still do they're both they're both alive they're together um and they've just you know they don't watch my stuff like they used to i'll catch them like you know the other day my mom's like we just got walking with dinosaurs on dvd I'm like, oh <laughs> you, what you can't wait to watch it again and my dad you know who has dementia it's kind of hard for him to like lie a whole lot you know because even if like my mom said to him like you know hey honey don't tell him we haven't seen it he's gonna forget <laughs> that, she said that so he's like what do you mean watch it again we've never seen it and my mom was joe i'm like mom Walking with Dinosaurs is my first lead in a studio film. It came out seven years ago, eight years ago. You've never seen it? She goes, No, a lot's happened in the last eight years. I'm like, you guys are retired.
1: You live on the outskirts of Kansas City. Dad has dementia. What do you mean you not care?
2: fucking, you know? Lie to me. When my dad says we hadn't seen it, say Joe, you just don't remember. That would have been the better way to go with it, rather than Joe, shut up. You should have said, Joe, you watched it. You just don't remember. See that oh, I would please.
1: God. Yeah.
0: Now, um, you do this amazing dead-on impression of Michael Douglas, and I, I'm not. I, I don't want to ask you to do it. I mean, if you want to do it, that's fine. But I just think it's so fucking douchey when like the hosts like like, can you do that impression? But I, I'm only saying because you're you're dead on, dude. Well,
2: me and my wife, Catherine, my father Kirk, just had a sixty seventh stroke. Thinks I'm a banana right now. Keeps trying to unpeel me and take a bite. <laughs> um, you know, um, let's do a Michael Douglas accepting an Academy Award. I'd like to thank the makers of low fat Triscuits for keeping me slim and slender, and giving me this square jaw. I'd like to thank your mom, Kevin Grom's mom, because I probably banked her in the 80s. Thank you very much. Michael Douglas, my main forte, is making films that your aunt and uncle want to fuck to, like Disclosure. Michael Douglas fucking in the shower since you were two. Michael Douglas. Oh, my God. Me and my wife,
0: my wife
2: Catherine Zeta Jones. You <laughs> do one more T Mobile commercial. Embarrass the family. I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> Went down on my wife. Got cancer from my wife's
0: split. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If, if that gives you cancer going down on <laughs> Catherine Zeta Jones, I will lose a jaw. <laughs> I got a buddy in the
2: program. I've got a buddy in the program. And he showed up to uh, our home meeting. And he says, I, um, you know, he, he, he announced that he had throat cancer and the room just like goes silent, but he's a really funny guy. So by the end of his share, he's just, he's basically just like, you know, ah, but you know, uh, I got it from, you know, eating my wife out. She's got HPV, like literally just rats her out. Right. That's, that's what I love about program. Right. And so he's just like totally rats her out, but it was hysterical because I remember hitting him up and just saying like, <coughs> you know, like once he beat it, he lost a ton of weight and he beat it. And I remember just saying to him, I just go, hey, man, question for you, real big question for you. Was it worth it? And he goes, what? I go, I, I mean, like, you clearly knew she had HPV, right? He's like, yeah, of course it did. It's my wife. I'm like, you know, if you, if you had, to, he was, are you asking, like, would I go back and do it again? He goes, bro, I'm not, I would stay. He was, I ate it the day I found out. I ate it the day I was doing chemo. I was throwing up, brushing my teeth, and then eating it then. He goes, you don't stop bobbing for the apple. You don't stop bobbing for the apple ever. That's not what you do. You know, so
1: fuck.
2: Oh, that's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, right? That's a good healthy second. Right
1: right you go right out, dude. That's a good healthy You go right If a doctor at
2: looks go. at you and says, you have cancerous cells. You might not live, and it's from something you enjoy doing with your wife. And you go home from that meeting, and you do oh, it again. Yeah.
1: You, and gotta you fucking go play. do it. You fucking go do it. You that's fucking a, go do it. That's a
0: good man right there.
1: <clears throat> oh my I god, love that he's bobbing for apples, like, <laughs>
2: like, 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 like he's literally like down there, and he's like, ah, I
1: hit you with the chemo. Okay, I'm going again. <clears throat> I hit me with the chemo again. <laughs> Well, shit, man! After, after all the radiation, all the shit like that, you might fucking turn into Wolverine or some shit like that, man. You're like, boom, Wolverine, man! Shit, kills me. Oh my god,
0: wild! <laughs> wow. Um, while well, while I was doing my doing my research, and it, um, <laughs> I I heard that you you have these stories from when you. When you weren't making so much money, that you uh, you kind of like, you kind of fo- found ways to like get over so you could like make it, you know.
2: Yeah, I mean, what it sounds like you're referring to was like the early days of Con, my Comedy Central show. Well, that's Con.
0: that's how that's how Con came about,
2: right? Yeah, so Con was a prank show. For those that aren't in the know, a lot of Gen Xers know it. I wouldn't say a ton of Gen Z know it, and, and I would say older millennials know it um but con was a show uh where i was a con artist uh, it was a reality show it's kind of like uh, a little bit of ferris bueller because i look to the camera a lot and tell people how to like pull off the print you know ferris would tell you how to get out of you know, he'd yeah hey, lick you, your you palms sick yeah lick your palms like so it was that like i was looking at the camera telling you how to like get out of paying for a parking ticket and how, how to like you know get out of paying for rent how to get out of you know uh paying for a cheeseburger at mcdonald's and stuff and you know it was a journey show where every episode I would announce a goal I'd be like I want backstage passes at a concert this is how you get it if you're nobody I want to go to the Playboy mansion to say get on the list if you're not somebody you know it was a show about nobody's wanting to get theirs it was about a nobody wanting to live the five-star life you know um, an economy guy wanting that first class experience and it started from just being at parties and I lived in Culver City when I moved here and I just go to these these dumb little little <coughs> just apartment parties where everyone's drinking bullshit wine from trader joe's two buck chuck and there's some snacks on the table you know no one's hooking up it's not that it's not like a rager it's not like one of the parties you grew up dreaming about that you hope go on in california it was just a dumb apartment party yeah so people want entertainment since people aren't hooking up and the wine's not that great people will just we just be sitting there and someone goes skyler this is always good for a lab would you how'd you get by today because i was always the brokest set of everybody you know i hung out with a couple (laughs) kids one kid was um a trust fund brat one kid just was smart with his money and saved all his money his whole life. And, uh, another kid just, you know, did pretty well. And so I was like the guy that, you know, I, I moved out here with $2,000 and I thought that would last me like a year and it lasted me like a week, you know? So I, um, um, I would tell stories of how I got a cheeseburger for free. I'd be like, I'd walk, oh, I went to Jack in the box today. And I searched around the trash can and they'd be like, did you eat from the, I go, no, 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 I don't mean I got it free, like a homeless person that that's already been established. That is a way to eat. It's no way for me. Um, I look for a receipt and I'd want, I'd want a receipt with a special specification on it. So I'd find like a jumbo Jack with no mustard or something. Right. And that's perfect. You want the specification. So then you call the number on the receipt and they pick up, hello, Jack in the box. Like, Hey, what's up? I just came there at uh 157. And um, listen, I was in a huge rush because it was my break at work. I don't know about you, but like, I don't get a long break. Oh yeah, me neither. I'm like, so I got the food. I try and check it sometimes because I'm deathly allergic to mustard. And I told you guys no mustard. And sure enough, I get back to the office and mustard. So I didn't get to eat it. I threw it away in the trash. So I don't still have it. I was so mad. I just tossed it. And, you know, I'm on my way home now. I sure would love to get that burger. I have the, the, well, do you have the receipt? I'm like, yeah, of course I do. I'm like, come on in. And then you bring the receipt and you get the free burger. You know, so I would do that all the time, stuff like that and get out of parking tickets. Um, I'd spray paint the sign that were, wherever it said no parking after I got the ticket and then I'd write a letter and I'd say um, I couldn't read the sign. You know, I would take a picture and I would send it in, and say I couldn't read the sign and they'd refund the ticket. You know, I mean? all kinds of stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I get out of rent. I get on planes without tickets. I I sang the national anthem at a, at a Giants game because they thought that I was on American Idol. You know, I, um, I, all kinds of things. Dude. Tell,
0: tell, me how you did, how, tell me how you did that. How'd you pull that one? Out?
2: Well, that was, the, that was the pilot for con. Oh, really? Yeah. And so what I did was, um, you know, this is 2004. So look, we're, we're in the internet era, but we're not in the internet era. Like we are now. We're not really, we're not really fucking with smartphones. You know, most people have a flip phone. Um, iPhones are not out yet. Uh, Google is a thing, but it's not like a common phrase like "oh, Google it." Oh, just yeah. look around Google. Like it's it's just kind of out there. And if you know about it, you know about it. People are and, people are uh,
0: still learning how to use the technology. Not even you know, not not just submerged in it.
2: It was a great it was a great era to to do pranks. It was like you know because the more information that the person you're like the person you're conning, you need to limit the information that they can get. You know, it's, that's why it's a confidence game. Confidence <clears throat> fucking block them on all sides. You walk up, you take up their whole screen. You're not scared of them looking in your eyes and your face because you want to limit what else they can look at so they don't see what reality really is because you're not right. reality. So the internet is a way to undo anything you say. I could tell you guys right now that I'm, I'm I'm in the next, you know, Indiana Jones movie. You know what I mean? You could Google real quick and go, oh, you're not an IMDb. You know what I mean? So the point is back then you could do that. I, I, I remember for two years, People thought I was in the movie Jarhead because I said I was. Like I literally got into parties and and, and, and like I, it was. On, I made a fake article on the internet. I added it to my IMDb. Everybody oh, thought I was in the Jarhead. Dude. On your IMDb, dude. I went to the Academy Awards because I. People thought I was in that movie. <laughs> you know.
1: I thought you were in that movie. <laughs> I fucking looked it up. A lot, lot like, of people think look
2: that, look that look I'm in the that movie.
1: I did the fucking Jarhead. <laughs> I'm like, <"All> I'm right. <laughs>
2: <laughs> a lot of people think I'm in Transformers I rode that one for a while um, <laughs> um, It's it's fun dude hey, it's, John, it's
0: fun John tell them about the movie you said you were in What uh, I was
1: in Mortal Kombat back in the day Totally You <laughs> I told, tell people that all the time I told some girl back in the day That I was like an extra in Mortal Kombat And she fucking totally bought it And And by the way, though, you don't even have a look
2: for Mortal Kombat. That's the funniest shit i ever heard.
1: No, no, no. In the original Mortal Kombat, back in the 90s, where I was just kind of like, the guy standing there, like, like when, like, I was like an extra.
0: They were like, you know, they had, like, foot soldiers. Like, if you told down. me you
1: were
2: in, like, Devil's Rejects, I'm like, oh, yeah, I could see that. He was <laughs> probably in Devil's Rejects. Yeah,
1: I was like, oh, I was a fucking, I, I was in movie. I was, I was trying to get pussy,
0: buddy, or whatever. But, you know you what's know, funny? I was watching, I was watching the episode of Con with, um, where you pretended to be Brad Pitt's assistant. And you got, yeah. and you got into the, you got into the, um, the, the lot. And I was like, back then it's fucking hilarious. Now it's almost kind of scary that, that you can, that anybody with half a brain can fucking get that close to that, like that kind of
2: stuff. You know what I mean? I don't think there's much that I couldn't get in even still today you know, it's really about how bad you want it. You know, I, I don't really do a lot of pranks anymore. Like, I'm not against them. It's not like I'm some grown up now and I'm like, oh, you know, that's, I love pranks. It's more about it's more about time and are you paying me? Like, I used to, like you have to understand. I used to do these things just for fun. And what I when I say that I used to do these things just for fun, let me be very clear. Um, I have Harrison Ford's cell phone number in my phone. I have it right now. I've been calling for about. 13 years as various people. I have hour-long conversations with him as Vince Vaughn. I have um, hour-long conversations with him as Michael Douglas. He thinks... I'm My phone number is saved in his phone. the best So I tell you wow. that because once upon a time when I was getting fucked up, like I was just sitting down smoking a J at night. And I'd just be like, you know, fuck it. I'm going to call my idol. I have his phone number. You know what I mean? So... Like, I just, I love Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford is the main reason I do. I mean, dude, uh, geez, I got Harrison Ford. There, there's the, um, this is the trilogy on VHS behind me. Nice. Harrison Ford. Um, oh, a picture of him up there. I got, I mean, I there's Harrison Ford right there. I mean, Harrison Ford is like, would, you guys wouldn't even know me. Because I, like, watching him have such a good time in movies made me go, I got to be in movies. I got to do it. You know, and so... I, I used to just do this shit for fun dude like it was just like I just did it for fun and now you get to a point where two dogs several kids wife like you know I got a I got a podcast I'm starting right now and I'm recording a movie right now and so there's just so much going on I do my live shows too and so it it gets to the point where you're like pranks are not easy in this day and age like I'm not saying you can't do it getting back to my original point like I know I could still pull off any of them today. It just would take a hell of a lot more work because now you have to create like some sort of
1: a you know carbon footprint on the internet, like yeah, for your store. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta work. You gotta work for that shit now. It, it's like the whole the whole internet's changed. It's kind of like totally you know, changed. When I did con in two thousand four, like pre Google
2: era, pre smartphone era, you know, like literally. I mean, this is a. a, a this cell phone is an Encyclopedia Britannica all in right? You know what I mean? Like yeah. on speed. By the way, most of the audience will barely remember what the fuck that even is. <laughs> um, but the point is, you know, um, okay, it's like this. Doing pranks back then, it's like cheating on a white girl. Pretty fucking easy, you know? Doing pranks now, cheating on a Latina. All right. My wife's Latina. When I if I if I just even think about if I'm just like, you know, oh, that girl's hot. She's like, what are you doing what's her name where's she from where'd she come from like, like that's that's doing pranks today that's fucking like it's literally you like you, you, they're people they're people are on your tail the second you say oh i'm mike St. and i work at you know uh caa and i represent such and such uh you know i, I represent michael douglas uh can i get harrison ford's number right away they're like you know mike sanobin i'm looking at your roster right now there's nobody on imdb named Mike's, like they can do it immediately and back in the day they couldn't do that yeah. they just took your word for it remember that take <laughs> <laughs> now we do it Dude, at a dinner party you guys are like best friends i guarantee you all the time john says something right you know and kevin's like fuck you john there's no way that's true. i'm looking it up like that's what we do we don't, we don't, no one takes anybody's word for anything anymore ever yeah. you know
0: well it's funny because like i said watching that watching that one episode you were like you were like oh yeah i'm, I'm mike st Alvin, and, and i'm or, no no you, you said you were skylar stone yeah and and the guy keeps look. The guy keeps looking on the list, and he's like, "You're not on the list." You're like, "You're like, I'm not on the list." Skylar Stone, and like you, you just like said it like a whole bunch of times. And finally, the guy was just like, "Fuck it, go through and like tell blah 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 that you need to do whatever." And I'm sitting there going, "Holy shit! This guy just let this fucking guy in. Who knows what the fuck you know you have up your sleeve?" It, it was, it was yeah, but, you know, it, it's um. It is.
2: I, I see what you're saying when you say it's scary because like it does make you just wonder, like, could people get on a plane without a ticket? And I'm here to tell you you can. Um, but, um, you know, it's um, it's it's tough. It, 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 it There are times where I've done certain things that I regret showing people how to do, I think, you know. So I guess I've grown up a little bit. I, I just didn't want anyone to think that I'm something like, you know, I'm not Frank Abagnale you know, like uh, uh, in Catch If You Can, where I'm like, you know, against, pr- I'm fucking all about pranks, dude. <laughs> all the prank links in the world. I, I love the new generation. I love the Nelk boys. I love some of these YouTube, some of the YouTube goods. Some of them are fucking terrible. Uh, but, um, and I'm really excited about Jackass 4. Uh, I was just talking to Steve-O about it and um, and also Trip Taylor, the producer. And I said, Trip, like, is this going to be good? He goes, I'll say this, it's as good as anything we've ever done. And I'm like, fuck,
0: like- Really? Holy shit. Wow, wow, It's, wow. it's, just, wow. it's just,
2: the jackass guys, man, they are just, talk. okay, remember how I said, get, it, get in your lane, find a way to be of service to the world and take care of your own and make money. That to me, like Johnny Knoxville is a dad. He's a good dude. Um, he's charitable, he cares about animals and shit. And he's of service to the world and he entertains men everywhere and he speaks for a lot of men, but he's never lost that boyish nature. He's no. never. None. He's a Gen Xer through and fucking through, and we are the greatest generation. Fuck the World War II generation. We are the greatest generation. <laughs> That's right. Okay? That's right. Fuck. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Totally fuck it. Yeah. By the way, someone's going to clip that out, and I'm going to get canceled because it's going to sound like I was shitting on veterans, <laughs> which I'm not. But they're going to be Stone, shit on war vets. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. um you um you you've been on "Funnier or die with um the occupy twilight that i i watched uh i watched yeah. <laughs> dude that how how real was that was that a hundred percent reality was that was that stage because because it looked it looked real and the and if it's a hundred percent real, the the creativity of, of doing that was awesome. So, tell me tell me about. Well,
2: uh, well, first of all, I'm gonna give you an overall answer. I don't fake pranks, so no prank I've ever filmed was faked. Um,
0: not not that the, I would say I, I I thought it might be. Uh, I thought it might be a script for for Funny or Die. I didn't. I didn't. I don't know how that works and all that.
2: Oh, you mean you thought? You, 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 oh, okay, yeah, no, no, that was a. I mean, I mean, look, I, 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 I love to blend. I love to hi, do hybrid. Like, there's parts of that that are prank and parts of that that are scripted. But I never meant for any of the scripted parts to feel like I, I, I wasn't acting like those weren't that. If that okay. makes sense. Okay. When you watch Borat, you clearly know when it's a prank, and you clearly know it's in a script. A scripted yes. interview. Yes. So. I meant it to be like that, you know what I mean? Where like, if it felt scripted at a certain moment, it is. Like when I'm talking to all the guys that are there in my crew, and I'm giving a speech about how much Twilight's terrible, that's scripted. That's the that's just me being. But the second we go fuck with anybody that's there that's not in the crew, it's yeah. just a person on the street. That's real. You know what I mean? Um, that was 2011. I remember. Um, I did a couple Twilight things. I did a Twilight prank. Uh, the, the best one isn't even that one. If you really want your audience to sort of the best one? look up um, look up the Twilight prank for New Moon that I did. Twilight New Moon, I think is the second one they made. I believe it came out in November of 09, if I'm not mistaken. maybe November of 10. but uh, I did a um, I did a prank where I rented out I rented out a theater on the west side called Magicopolis and um, it's a magic theater. Um, so already, you know, I don't know about you, but like if I get invited to something at <coughs> a magic theater I, I, and it sounds like it's too good to be true, I'm probably not gonna believe it. It's a fucking magic theater. <laughs> and so we chose this place because they had a big uh, classic uh, uh, curtain in front of the screen. And that's what we needed for this bit. And the idea was let's invite a bunch of people to a screening quote unquote of Twilight New Moon that's not even taking place. Um, and let's say there's a Q and A with Robert Pattinson and Robert Pattinson's not even going to be there. And let's put this on social media and see who shows up. Well, not only did people show up, Kevin and John, uh, people showed up and they flew in from great distances. Um, we had a girl. We had a girl uh, spend her life savings on a hotel and a flight from Reno. Oh my
1: God. We had a
2: girl fly in from um, San Jose. We had um, several girls drive in from Vegas. We had San Diego people, Riverside. Orange County, all kinds of people, and locals as well, lying around the block, girl. I mean, like girls, like as excited as girls were to see the Beatles in '69. You know, oh my it god, was, it was insane. And, and because they literally thought, and they, and they were dolled up, dude, makeup, hair. Like they were like, oh, sh- Robert Pattinson, he's getting some of this pussy tonight for sure. You know, <laughs> and so they all show up, and um, they were ushered in, and my friend Mike Macaron um he he looked he looked like a good studio exec he was i don't know if he knows this is one of the reasons i chose him but he had a, like a widow's peak going at the time he's like losing some hair so he just looked like a studio exec even though he's a young guy and he's also really funny he, actually you, uh he was the young howard stern in private parts so when you watch private parts he was howard stern as a kid he also was in richie rich he was macaulay Culkin's best friend in that movie he was a child actor and stuff and uh, <laughs> Really good dude. Um, he came out on stage and just gave a very, very simple, you know, uh, hello, welcome to um, Lionsgate and Summit's uh, pre-screening of a movie that you've all have been waiting for, Twilight New Moon. I mean, they fucking explode, right? He's like, uh, we have a Q&A with Robert Pattinson. Uh, we're very excited. Robert is here in the building. They flip the fuck out and they go. So without further ado, <laughs> please, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy Twilight New Moon. The fucking curtain opens up i mean it slams open and it's me a lot skinnier i'm about 60 pounds ago i've got aviator shades on my hair is just askew all over the place lord knows how many vicodin and coke bumps i'm on this is back when i used to use i'm fucked up out of my mind i mean i was fucked up all the time so i come out and i'm just like you know um hello everybody (laughs) There is no screening of Twilight New Moon. This isn't vampire intervention because you don't seem to know what the fuck a vampire is. A vampire doesn't love you. They don't have sparkly skin. They're not attractive like Robert Pattinson. They will suck your blood and soul out of your body. This is not a vampire movie. Dude, these fucking people revolted. We were chased out of the fucking building. It was fucking pandemonium fucking pandemonium it was ridiculous it was fucking ridiculous oh, i looked shit. over my buddy like um uh eric cassiope i mean and and, and and no not Eric. sorry tim surgeon and nick peterson and they just looked fucking terrified we were, we're running an alley like my wife is like pulling she's my girlfriend at the time not even my fiance this is a long time ago and she's uh, wow. my wife now but she, she literally like pulls up and she's a kid in the car and I'm like dude, I'm looking at my Latina I'm like this is a fucking girl for me this is the fuck like she's like got <laughs> the <she doesn't>... fucking <laughs> cooks, she cooks she oh, fucks, he fucking pulls up in SUVs to get me and extract me from situations like I'm like this is the one you keep this girl
1: <laughs> oh my god wow that is awesome
0: that's, that's ridiculous it ridiculous <laughs> I love I love that I love that type of shit. Like just having the balls to just do something like that. Felt like, oh. like you knew it wasn't going to end well. You knew going in it wasn't going to end well. It was wow. That that shit is awesome. It
1: was unbelievable. Wow. Oh man, that's amazing. Oh. <laughs> that, that's amazing. It's like it's like one of those things. Where, like you just gotta like you got to kind of recover from, you know, you're like, Oh boy. All right. We got to take a breath. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, it's
0: like all, right, all right, all right, let's,
1: let's take a breath.
0: <laughs> um, it was so great. I, I don't, I, I'm, I don't want to bring the, I don't want to bring the, uh, the interview down or anything like that, but, um, and I, I'm going to keep this uh, on a, on a lighter note, but um, recently, Cloris Leachman passed away. And you were up. Yeah. You were on raising hope with her. Mm-hmm. And I want, I want you to tell the story about meeting her. the The one that you told on your uh, on your Insta story. Wait, which story? Well, it was it was first how you met, and then the second time, the second time you met her. Oh yes, <laughs> <It's> fucking <laughs> so, hilarious.
2: Um. So basically, I know what you're talking about. Um. Raising Hope was a show on Fox for those out there that don't know uh, Greg Garcia created it. Genius writer. Uh, you know, my name is Earl and um, you know, he's a, a TBS show now called I think the guest book or something. Um, I haven't had a chance to see that one yet, but I saw most of raising uh, or most of my name is Earl almost the whole thing um, before I ever knew him. And then when I had an opportunity to work with, him, I was very excited. Um, and you know, I was going to be a series regular, but long story short, um, they had cast my role, it was written to be a guy, it was Cousin Mike, and then they cast a girl, Kate Micucci, uh, who I think did a fine job, but I guess people in testing thought that it was an odd role for a girl. Well, lo and behold, it was written for a guy and they didn't change it in the dialogue. They just stunt casted a girl, you know, and kind of made her a tomboy best friend of the lead. And people were just kind of like, it just seems like that role should be a guy. And it's like, well, it was supposed to be. So they did a recast, saw everybody in town and I got it. And uh, I was gonna be on every episode. And then um, after they reshot the pilot and they tested it, uh, the feedback, again, more problems surrounding this role. Uh, everyone thought they did a good job, but they just thought there were too many people in the house. And so when people were asked, like, well, who would you get rid of? Um, they're like, well, you wouldn't get rid of the baby because it's about raising Hope. That's Hope. She's her name is Hope. You can't get rid of the baby's dad. Can't get rid of Clara Leachman. And you can't get rid of Martha Plimpton. And Martha Plimpton's husband is Garrett Dillahunt you know, uh, can't get rid of his love interest. It's just, just, how about his cousin, Mike? He's like, you know, so they got rid of the role after one episode. Uh, not, they didn't get rid of it, but they they changed wow. it to recurring. Um, and they brought me back about six more times. And um, but on the pilot, we bonded. I mean, it's it's really cool when someone like that chooses you to be sort of in their um, and I don't say this in a starstruck way because it's more about um, an artist struck way, if I may. Like, starstruck is like getting excited when someone sees a Kardashian on the street. Starstruck to me is like, you know, being in, in a elevator with, you know, Ryan Seacrest or something like that. Like th- that's, those, those people are starstruck because those are stars and you're getting struck by their wattage. But when you get next to someone that's as talented as Cloris Leachman with a history and the, and it, 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 she's an icon. She's not just famous, she's an actual, Talented artist, and um, I just remember being in her in, in front of her while she was practicing lines, and I would like you know bullshit with her in between takes, and she just took a liking to me, and we she invited me in her trailer, and we sat in the trailer, and dude, she loves to tell stories, and I love to receive them. She told me about Mel Brooks, she told me about you know um, all sorts of young Frankenstein, and 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 and, and um, um, all sorts of movies. Uh, uh, uh,
0: wasn't she in Bonnie and Clyde? Um, I don't, I think she I think she might have been, but she... I think so.
3: She was in a she ton of... She me a lot of stories.
2: <clears throat> and we got along great. And, you know, uh, her son George gave me his phone number and said, you know, if you ever want to talk to her, she really likes you a lot. And, um, she, you know, and I didn't know what that meant. Like, I didn't know how call someone like, you know, Clore Leachman... And we just, uh, we hit it off and we talked for a long time. Well, they let my part go, at least as a series regular after the pilot. And then they brought me back for the season finale that year. They brought me back about four times after that, but it had been a year since, um, you know, a a TV season at least, you know, since they had seen me. And so they brought me back. And I remember the main thing I was excited about was getting to see Chloris again. And so here I am coming on the set. And I'm just pumped, dude. I see Martha, big hug. I see Garrett, fucking hugs, high fives. Greg, I mean, it felt like a homecoming. Like, I was. I mean, I was not gonna lie, I was a little jealous. Like, wow, these guys are like a tight-knit family now. And I was supposed to be in it. But I was just happy to be there. And honestly, looking back, it would have been a really bad thing for me to be on that show, considering the kind of lifestyle I was living then. I feel like God was protecting me and uh, keeping me back until I was ready for such exposure or heights um, but at the time, I didn't know that, so I, I was a little resentful. But I knew the one thing I was looking forward to the most was Cloris, and all of a sudden, I'm walking up. I see Cloris, and I'm think it's gonna be—you like, know, you, you know, you know—you just—it's like a movie scene in your head. You're
0: like, you build it
2: up girl. so much. You're like going up to the girl outside the locker <laughs> to ask her out. You know what I mean? And you get up there, <laughs> and she's talking to you, and she's talking to the guy behind you. Type vibes, right? You know what I mean? And I get up there, and I go, Cloris, huh? just look at her. She's like, hi. you Yeah. Like, I'm like, hi, hi is one way to put it. How about a little reunion hug? Right? Like I put my arms out and she goes, what's your name? And I go Skylar. And in my head, I'm like, oh, she knows who I am. She just doesn't remember my name. Oh, no, no, no. Not only did she not remember my name, she didn't remember me. <laughs> I mean, we hung out for hours that day, dude. I was in her trailer. Her son gives me her phone number. I never called her, only because I'm just like, what am I going to do? Fucking just call Cloris Leachman once in a while. Like, what do I even, hey, Cloris, you still Cloris? All right, cool. I'm still Skyler. Go fuck yourself. What you eating? You drinking prune juice? How old are you now? 96? You know? And so I just fucking, I was heartbroken, but I realized it wasn't that she was being rude and it wasn't that she did it on purpose. She's fucking old. She's old as shit she meets a lot of people and it was a really big deal to me. And it just wasn't as big, as big a deal to her. But guess what? The cool part about it was it was kind of like fucking hanging out with someone with dementia because we got to know each other again. Oh, she right. told some of the same stories again. It, like we fell back in love all over again. Like we never, like, like we're, like, we're like, we're in a fucking um, amnesia movie. You know what I mean? Where you just meet your wife again every day, you know?
0: You know, you know what I always found interesting about her is that, um, you know, I, I knew her as pretty much older, you know, but back in the day, apparently she was like gorgeous. She was like a knockout and, and, uh, Mel Brooks always uglied her up in like every movie he put her in.
2: Yeah. I just think that's so awesome. When you think about it, like, over and over, like, I don't think he ever, she's actually, you know, she's a very pretty face. In <laughs> and then someone said that she was the best lay he ever, oh, I think Warren Beatty, when someone asked, like, who was the best lay you ever had out of everybody, because he bagged everybody, I yeah. think he said Chloris
0: Leachman. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, t- I just thought that, I thought that, um, that story was, was hilarious. Um, so like i said I, I i feel like a creeper sometimes man because i i like i said i follow you on instagram like every time you post stories i i watched them and shit and um i i went back and i saw i saw one that you you went to a russian wedding your, oh, yeah. your <laughs> Russian neighbors dude it was killing me it was well the
2: reason that was fun was oleg is a, is a guy across the street and he or he was now he moved, but he lived across the street with his parents and he was dating a girl. And then they um, they uh, they were having a kid and then they um, decided to get married and um, they invited us to the wedding. And I, I was excited because, first of all, I didn't exp- I mean, like, I don't know them that well. So I felt honored that they would invite me. Um, it's always lovely. I, I think one of the best ways to be invited to a wedding is um, when you don't expect it. You know, when you get invited for one that you expect, you're like, you know, well, it's about time. I was wondering when you're like, thanks, Mike. I, I, I You should have, I should have been one of your first invites. I noticed it's been two weeks. You told Jerry two weeks ago, like it's almost stressful. You're like, God damn it, dude. Yeah, I'll be there. You know, like, like, someone invites you and, you're like and you had no business being there. You're like, oh my God, me? Why? Well, you must really like me because you don't know me that well. That's crazy. You know? It's, um, um, and maybe that's why they like me so much because they don't know me too well, um, <laughs> So they invited us, and this was at the height of the Russian shit. This is like uh, summer of, I want to say seventeen. I think it's August of seventeen, maybe. And so the height of the Russian shit, and you know Trump's been in office, you, you know just just about a year or so, and and um, and and people are just, you know, everyone's Russia crazy. The way that everyone right now has been COVID crazy, and 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 uh, George Floyd, Floyd crazy. Like this was like all anybody was talking about was did the Russians influence the election so I just started doing a bunch of snapchats and insta stories basically acting like you know this is definitely a spy wedding you know I would just zoom in on tables, <laughs> I'm like do like,
0: like, <laughs> so what you went into like cold war mode it was it was awesome Total cold war
2: I mean like I was as racist towards Russians as like fucking you know uh, uh, like, as, as, as Rocky Four is, be. <laughs>
0: he had a he had a, cap, a cappuccino machine. You're like, that's not a cappuccino machine. That's a yeah. fucking nuclear bomb.
2: <laughs> that's a that's a, nuclear, that's a nuclear bomb right there. Yeah.
0: You, you go, a cappuccino machine doesn't need all those bells and whistles. Oh, yeah, there, there were so many. It looked like a
2: fucking set piece from like a Tim Burton movie. It looked like a silver factory piece with a million fucking, you know, exhaust pipes and, you know, it was weird. <laughs>
0: um, and then, then uh, you also, you also had a gunman by your house.
2: Yeah, we just we just had a gunman actually.
0: Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. That that was it freaked me out because because you were you were like you were like all nervous about it. And then and then you didn't post like a conclusion about it. I got I got nervous.
2: I have had a few friends say, my friend Eric Cassiopeo is like you are the king of you're in the middle of giving us some really good content, and then he's like, and it's what's funny is like you can tell some people just think that you're like you know like you just cut it off for attention so a bunch of people ask you he's like i know you well enough to know that you literally just fucking forgot <laughs> like i'll be like i'll literally I, what was he he was so mad because um my sons weren't believing in the elf on the shelf you know the elf on the shelf that you put around the house yeah they were like, yeah 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 his eyes are always open he doesn't blink my and they're smart they're 5 they're twins but they're fucking they're they're fucking smart i know everyone says their kids are smart these fucking guys, like if if I can get on a plane without a ticket, these guys can get in the fucking White House and fuck the First Lady, like you know, um, <laughs> like uh, um. in, the,
0: in one of those in one of those trench coats where they, yeah. they stand on, on the top of
2: each floor. other, yeah, yeah. Hey, we're just two five year olds here to fuck the First Lady. What's up? Um, so gonna get canceled for that one for sure. Um, but um, so um, I um, uh, what was I saying? And you uh, you don't finish your content. <laughs> See, proof that I don't remember things. I didn't even remember the story about not remembering things. So uh, what it was, was it was footage of, um, of uh, the Elf on the Shelf. So the Elf on the Shelf, um, they, they noticed his eyes weren't, weren't blinking. They noticed that he has one, like, smile, and he never looks any other way than just smiling. And they noticed a, the tag that comes out of him. It's like, fucking, hey, guys. Hey, hey guys. Want to help us out? Get rid of the fucking tag, guys, for sure. You know, so uh my my kids noticed, and so I had to go in full stealth mode. I started um using my the recorder on my iPhone, and I would just record and then I'd import it into an editing software, and then I would speed it up. So, like you know, a voice that sounds like this, but all of a sudden it became like this, and then I and so what I would do is I would record a minute's worth of um blank air first i'd record minutes worth of blank air and then i'd start talking after that minutes worth and the minute and, and when i talk i'd start by saying hey boy his name was chip i mean hey boys it's chip i'm really excited to be here you know in your house did you know santa sent me down here to see if you're gonna be a good boy and then i'd pause and and i'd pause and i pause, pause and then i'd be like i thought you did Do you guys know that i know you love chocolate and then I pause and I pause and I'm like, yes, of course you thought I knew because I'm the smartest LT you've ever seen. Like, and I would do all these things. And then I'd memorize the script in my head. And so then I would uh, take the, I go, boys, Chip's ready to talk to you. I put the phone behind Chip, you know, like on a shelf oh, behind gosh. a so they wouldn't see the phone. I'd, I would have already hit play before they come down. So remember, I told you I put a minute of blank air. So that way, you know when they come down like all right he's just about to talk and then by the time they'd get down there you know my the first thing I would say is hey boys it's Chip did you know I came down from the North Pole and they'd be like, answer him guys like they'd be like yeah and and they'd be like I knew you did and like and then I would just always prompt them like you know you just ask you what, what what do you want from Santa? And they'd be like I want an iPad. He'd be like an iPad I knew you would like I would know everything <laughs> they were going to say. And then they literally thought they're having a conversation with him. So here I am, like, you guys are loving this, this story. But like, what's funny is on Insta story, I'm literally, I showed footage of them not being into it. I showed footage of me talking to Cole going, this bums me out. So many people get to have this magical experience with Elf in the oh Shop. I can do this shit. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, I, I showed me recording it and then I showed me editing it and speeding it up. And then, then, they, then when I called them down, I just forgot to, I just forgot to film their reaction. So also <laughs> Eric's just like, Bro, like, this is the most content blue balls I've ever like, oh, like, seen. <laughs> like, that would be like an episode of Lost on ABC back in the day, like fighting a commercial after a guy just pulled a gun out. And then all of a sudden, ABC is like, oh, yeah, we lost the last scene. Uh, here's some baseball, you know. it's <laughs> just... <laughs> oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> so, I, like, so that day, too, my friend Eric hit me up and said, hey, bro, if you're ever going to announce there's a gunman in
1: your neighborhood,
2: and then then, like you go from being funny to actually scared maybe (laughs) give an update to your fans that your family's okay oh my god
1: that's fucking great
2: and then uh, what's funny was i got sick that night so not only did i not give an update then i was sick for like two days so i didn't uh, i didn't tweet facebook update instagram snapchat Anything. The amount of messages I had when I came back, to people were like, "Is your family okay? I know this is weird. I live in Alaska, but I'm really worried about
3: Carter and Hudson. Is that weird that I know their names? Anyway."
0: Like... Oh man, you know it's oh, man. It's That's good that you brought fun. up. It's good that you brought up your um your boys because I see them on on your Instagram all the time. They re- they remind me of the twins from Brave. The, those two little boys from Brave, if you ever saw, you no, know? I haven't seen Brave. Oh well, they're they're like two like crazy little boys that like are co- constantly getting into trouble, and I'm like that. That's got to be his kids, you know. I, wait, Brave is that's a Pixar or Disney? It, well, I, I it's kind of like a hybrid. Like well, okay, yeah, um, but it's it's like the Scottish girl. She's like, you know, but it, oh. I think my boys have seen this, but I haven't seen this. Yeah. Well, it's so funny because they just, they just remind me of, of those. love the boys in that. Yeah. And, and then um, today I was watching your um, dropping them off to school. Yeah. And I, you know, I've got like, you know, I, I told you, I've got, I got four kids and we just dropped our kids to school. For like the full week, for the first time, in in like almost forever, um, this week. So like I was feeling like the same the same things that you were going through, you know, watching your kids go off and like you know giving them over to the teacher and, and stuff like that. Because um, I, I had to do the same thing, you know, walking my kids to the line and 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 handing them over and everything. It was it it was just it, it's very emotional and stuff. And then I watched you drive away and you passed by this like tent city. <laughs> yeah. <you're> like, <laughs> well, it's like, it's that's a beautiful another thing. morning. Didn't give any, you didn't finish that content either because you're like, oh, I wonder what that is. Drove by it. And then you're like, oh, look, a big gigantic glass cage. And I'm like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't really think there was much to finish
2: there because I, I didn't find out what it was. You know what I mean?
0: Oh man. Um, so we just talked about your sons, but then you, um, you have a, you have a daughter too, right? I have, um,
2: five-year-old twins and then I have a, um, uh, he'll be 15, 15-year-old son named Jaden. Have you ever seen Jaden play drums on Instagram? No. Oh dude, you got to watch him. Uh, he goes by Jaden Sage on Instagram. He's really talented. You know, I don't know how often he puts his videos up. Um, he should have them all up. Um, there might be some on his page, but, uh, he's a really uh, talented drummer and Jaden's actually the one that turned me on to, uh, Nelk boys. Do you know Nelk boys? No, Do You know them? I don't try to
0: stay away from YouTube. My, my kids are obsessed with watching these, these videos. My, my son watches the videos of the kids that play video games. He watches other people play video games. Um, and my daughter is constantly on TikTok. So well, you got to watch
2: Nelk Boys, dude. It's like, it. it they're, they're not, you know... I mean, I, I personally don't think they're as good as Jackass, but they're like Gen Z's, like, answer to Jackass. They're really funny. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, me and my son have a, a big music bond. I take him to Coachella a lot, and um, we're very... Uh, he just... He, he's at an age now where he appreciates a good prank, you know, and um, he gets a kick out of, you know, we've been out in public and people come up and we'll quote Khan or remember episodes of Khan. And, you know, he's, he's always thought that was pretty cool. And so in some ways it's, it's funny. It's like me and Jamie Kennedy used to be like this, like, and Tom Green and Johnny Knoxville, we were like these young, you know, maverick prank guys. And now we're like, it's almost like we're the the, the old gangsters, you know, passing it to the new, you know what I mean? Like yeah. passing it to the new generation. You know what I mean? It's, it's very strange.
0: Um, but do you, you have a, you have a daughter too, right? Yeah. And, um, cause I, cause I remember in the beginning of COVID you had taken her to go see her, her boyfriend and, yeah. and she was at the, you were at like the, You were at like the front of the driveway. He was in the driveway and she's in the car and she's like, daddy, daddy, please let me go see him. Like, let me go. And you, you like, let her, you like let her out to hug him. And it was like all like controversial. Yeah. At
2: that point. um, Yeah. We didn't really know much about COVID then. And we didn't know, you know, we weren't sure yet if kids were getting in and we weren't sure if people like my son Carter's heart condition would be, affected by it and so we did wonder you know what we should be doing and um at the time we were being you know not as strict as some people but stricter than than some others and um we were just dropping something off there and then she's said can I please I'm like yeah go ahead <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, but I, I thought it was I thought it, I thought that was really cool because you know um how, how, how do you say no you know, how do you, how do you say no when she's,
2: it was very hard to say no to her at times, you know, I had to do it a lot. You know, she saw me as the bad guy through the whole pandemic, you know, and still does because, you know, I'm, I'm the strictest parent of her four parents, but you know, it, it you got to do what you got to do. I, I know I was doing what I needed to do at the time to protect the family. And, you know, now that we know more and, and now that we're vaccinated, you know, we could you know, the world's yeah. changed a little bit. So,
0: and then, then you did a, you did a thing where you had them, you had like a date. In the house where like like he came to the house and like you set it up and like did yeah it was thing. like a
2: chick-fil-a dinner she didn't know he was in there i just so, i thought it was so cool that you did that man yeah yeah i, I went out of my way for her a lot you know <laughs> figured out ways to um you know to, to get around it you know what i mean we were doing our best you know what i mean to um to to you know we i my biggest rule is if it's fun we're doing it you know, even if I'm not involved, you know what I mean? And so I do try, but this, this really limited how fun of a parent I could be. You know, it was, it was hard. It was a hard time, you know, and she's very resentful over it. Let me tell you that. She's like, my senior year was ruined because you believe in COVID and you care about your family. You believe Things don't really match. Uh, like your senior year was ruined because of uh, the the nature of the world unleashed a torrential downpour of a virus. Like that's why your senior year is ruined. I'm, yeah. I'm reacting to a situation and I'm only
0: human. So, you know, yeah, man, that's you me, you know, I'm trying to help you. That's your job, to <laughs> protect, man. I, I, you know, I do the same thing. My kids, Oh, can I go for a play date over it? And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know,
2: we had to be safe. We, you know, like I'm much more understanding now, much more because again, my family's vaccinated and I know more about the disease and kids have not really been dying from it. And they're not as big as spreaders as, as we thought they were going to be like they were, they are with the flu. So, you know, that's, that's where we're at. You know what I mean? It's like, um, but now that we know more, it, we can be more chill,
0: you know? How, how have you found it working during the pandemic? Like, cause I know, I know it's gotta be, it's gotta be hard as shit to,
2: well, doing shows has been weird you
0: i want know, I want to talk about I want to talk about that too your your comedy rocks oh, I, I want to talk about that too. yeah doing
2: shows has been weird because you know we are you know we're still we're still los Angeles there's eight million people here so we we there, there is still like a feeling of like fuck man, this could surge again um you know and there is talk of a fourth surge and then there's talk of variance and then there's talk of you know, there's an article came out today on Yahoo saying that, you know, we may never reach herd immunity because there's so many people that are refusing to take the vaccine. So, you know, there's no telling what's going to happen. But doing shows has been interesting. You know, Jamie Kennedy did a great post about it. Just saying like, I for one have really enjoyed this time in comedy. Uh, We've been like a team of brothers and sisters and we've really been teaming together and and tackling this as a, as a group. And it's been a lot of fun actually. Um, And, you know, easy for him to say that i to my knowledge i don't know how many people he knows uh, that he lost you know i lost two people so i don't know that i would ever look back at this time as one of my favorite times in my life but um i will say this no one in my immediate family died no aunts uncles and no one no, my sisters and you know my my parents um but uh, i lost someone in the program and i lost um an old neighbor and i lost um um, some people in north carolina um so there's been some people that i lost um but um you know stand up has found it's kind of like that line in Jurassic park you know life will find a way you know stand up has found a way it's it, we've been performing in on rooftops and uh, in b- pickup trucks and beds of pickup trucks we've been performing in parking lots uh, church parking lots uh, outside the magic castle on the beach you know um it's been pretty crazy backyards, living rooms. We, we found our way and we've been doing it. You know, and how do you,
0: how do you set up, how do you set up yours? Your, your,
2: uh, kind mine is I'm um, at a place called jam in the van, uh, which is on the West side of LA. It's a recording studio, uh, that pivoted because when this all started, they're like, what are we going to do? You know, people aren't going to be recording albums like crazy. And one of their main pieces of business has always been to, you know, uh, go to festivals and, um, record bands, uh, It's called Jam in the Van because they have an RV and they'd bring huge artists into their RV and they'd record and, you know, do original songs and covers and acoustic versions, shit like that. And um, they were like, well, there's not going to be any Coachella or Bonnaroo to travel to and people aren't going to be signing up for studio time left and right. So and then one of them was like, well, we've done some shows in the back before, like when bands are in town recording with us, would they do like a live acoustic set or a, a small intimate show and then um they were like what if we just start doing comedy because you know comedy would be easier to put on because it's one person on stage at a time unless it's like a duo which is pretty rare um and instead of like you know potentially 11 people and i mean what arcade fire has like 12 people on stage at one time you know <laughs> so um, they decided let's do some comedy shows and um i saw a post from a comedian named michael Anochi, and um uh, he um he's a very funny comic he opens up for crystalia and um he um did a post just like an insta story that said you know um la comedy is happening get out you know see a show and i just read that post and i was like i miss this you know this was in december and i hadn't been on stage since march and i was like i miss this I, i i need this this is not a hobby it's what i do and so i messaged them and um said, um, my name's Skylar Stone. And they wrote back like, we know who you are. And I, and I said, I, I put on big shows and like, we know. And they're like, we'd love for you to, to, to make this your home. You know, and so I was like, let's do this. So I've been doing it, I've had, geez, we started in January, I've had Chris Catan, Jay Moore, Eliza Schlesinger, Kevin Nealon, uh, Rory Albanese, uh, Sarah Silverman, uh, Brian Posehn, uh, Jeremy Piven, I think I said Kevin Nealon already, um, Brian Callen. Um, Jim Jeffries uh, um, I'm about to have Anthony Jeselnik on my next show I just had um, I had someone else big on my last show um, I'm just forgetting there's so many people that have been there uh, oh Daryl Hammond I just had Tiffany Haddish I mean, we've had, it's been a hell of a run we're having a good time so yeah. my next show is on my sobriety birthday on my four year sober birthday Friday May 7th uh, we're doing a, um, a big show Anthony Jeselnik and a bunch of people
0: I wish I could be out there man. I I would love to be by the store and and by your by born, yeah. cuz it's just the lineups are just sick. Um you um the 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 nature of stand-up comedy um is different now than it was years ago from from what I've from what I've seen. Like years ago it was like comedians were like out to get each other like Cut, cut each other down like fuck you like you know whatever and like i feel like there's a different type of feeling now like a, like a camaraderie between between you guys have you seen that change or have you just have you been part of it on the
2: on i think it's i think it's like anything it. else you know i don't want to put our community on too much of a pedestal uh, but i also don't want to trash it like it's it, we're you know uh There's light and dark in in the comedy community. There's there's um, some of the best friends I've ever had, and some people that I really never want to see again. (laughs) Um, You know, I've been I've been picked up, I've been pushed down, um, I've been shit talked, I've been promoted, uh, I've made a lot of money, and I've lost a lot of money. um, And but there, I think what you're tapping into is on the podcast scene, especially. There's a camaraderie happening. There's you know you can watch a lot of that happening like. You know, um, you know, the Rogan guys were doing it first. You had the the Hinchcliffe, Rogan, Eddie Bravo, Callen, you know, uh, like that whole crew, and then like all these little tributaries were like branching off of that. Like Shaub kind of got in that, but then Shaub, Dalia, Callan, you know, Bobby, Santino, and Theo had like this thing going on over here, and 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 some of them still talking, some of them don't. Uh, and then there was another tributary that kind of let off and was like, you know, um, the Watkins, Tony, Red Band, you know, like that whole sort of, you know, kill Tony type vibe that, that was heading off. And then, you know, there's, um, you know, you got Segura and Bert you know, have great camaraderie, they're best friends and what you see is what you get. Like, they're not, that is not a relationship for show. You know, some of the people I just mentioned, there are people within that. I'm not going to say which ones, but there's some people where you're like, eh, I think they're kind of probably more friends for podcasts than they actually are. You know, like, like for the, for the, for the, for the, for the gig, you know, some, I'm not all of them. Um, but Bert and Tom are like actually friends. You know what I mean? Like Bobby I mean, you and, and. You
0: can tell just by listening friends. to. Say you, what? I said, you can tell just by listening to them. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, if you could, if you have a pretty good, you know, bullshit center you can you can figure and, and yeah a-
2: it's just sometimes you know but look dude when you watch like anytime there's camaraderie like jackass is camaraderie based a couple of the guys on that don't like each other they actually don't they're like if you study hard enough you can see there's a couple cast members in jackass that really aren't friends but the rest of them are mm-hmm. and then you can also see that and like back in the day like wwf wrestling like you know, some of those wrestlers were actually friends, you know what I mean, yeah. and like, we're like, were even in a duo, and they hated each other, you know what I mean, so, sometimes it really is business, you know, Brendan and Callan are definitely friends, um, you know, um, Bobby and Chris were definitely friends, I, I hope they're still friends, I know a lot's happened there, um, but, um, you know, um, some people, you know, I don't know, you know what I mean, like, I, I can't speak for all of them, but there is a camaraderie that's happening, sometimes it's real, sometimes it's, you know, um, entertainment-based. And uh, the store definitely had a ragtag, you know, feel, a ragtag Motley crew feel the last, you know, several years um, when Rogan returned in, like, 14 or so. And, you know, the podcast rise, not just his, but everybody's podcast started to there rise. Were like,
0: a bunch of people that were, like, doing podcasts from the from the store itself, right? It
2: was that, too. And then the store just became mecca. It just became, you know and it hadn't been the whole time I lived here, you know, I got here in 2000 and it was dead for 14 years, you know, and it just fucking became this magical place. I have no idea what will happen to it now. I I pray that we can get back to that. Uh, You know, that place goes through a lot of uh, rebirths. uh, As Bobby said, Bobby recently said, he said, Hey man, it'll be back. It, It just, it'll be different, but it always is. And it always finds its way. You know, I mean, because, dude, Polly just moved to Vegas. Joey Diaz just moved to New Jersey. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I don't know what's happening with, like, you know, Callan and Dalia, and if they're coming back there or not. Um, You know, uh, um, Joe Rogan moved to Austin, as you know. Segura's moving to Austin with Christina in, like, a week. And then Tony moved to Hinchcliffe moved there. Red Band moved there um there's a lot of people that have uh, uh, josh wolf moved to nashville theo vaughn nashville steve byrne nashville there's a you know there's been a comic exodus you know um still plenty of big comics and also any of those people can come back whenever they want they can move back or they can just visit once or twice a month who the fuck knows you know so it's uh, nobody knows what's going to happen it's a very weird time to think about uh what's going to happen you know so
0: um
2: now, people are going to trickle back too because like Different comfort zones of when they're ready, when they feel okay.
0: You well, know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it's not like they're just going to open up comedy comedy clubs and everybody's going to jump back in. I mean, you you got to prepare. You know, you got to develop. You know, you got to develop material and shit like that, and and stuff like that takes time. And you know, those first couple of months back is not going to be where everybody wants to be.
2: Well, I mean, my Monday home group it's an AA meeting and it's a private group and um you know so there's no rules really uh we can do what we want and you know uh i'm even seeing a slow trickle back there we, we open back up and that's people that need something they need recovery you know they need like help and um it, it people weren't uh it's it usually a lot of people in that room and it wasn't a lot of people and everybody knew so and you talk to people and they're like oh, i'm having anxiety about going back and you know, it's like anything, you know, and th- that's an example where we're not even like, you know, we're not selling anything. So we don't have like some, you know, health board, you know, coming by, making sure we're 15% capacity, like, and people still like, you know, it's so, so it's not that people are only following these rules because they're being forced to, even in private situations. I have fr- some friends that are like, oh, you're having people over. How many are going to be in the backyard? Do you think like probably 12? Mm-hmm. Let me know if you're ever doing like a four person thing. And I'm like, whoa, like people are like. Yeah, people are really finding their way through this, and it's it's gonna it's gonna be an interesting thing.
0: Now, you you mentioned Cristalía a couple of times. Um, Do you want to talk about what's going on with with his situation? And because I know you came out and and spoke in favor of him.
2: um, Well, I I always speak in favor of Cristalía because Crystalia is a good person. Mm -hmm. Um, I I speak in favor of Cristalía because. Chris D'Elia has recognized the problem that he does have. And the problem that he does have um, is between him and his wife and God and um, and his fans, since he's chosen to address them, uh, since they look up to him so much. He's not one of those comedians. It's just funny. He has people that literally like are obsessed with him. You know, his fans are obsessed with him. Mm-hmm. So he felt like he owed them an answer, when really he didn't owe an answer to them at all, because it's a private matter and he had receipts on some of these things and some of these things he didn't actually do. Um, what he is very guilty of is he did a great deal of cheating and he cheated on uh, the woman that he loves. And um, it's a very bad mistake, but it's a mistake that many people have made, guys and girls. And um, I cheated on my wife and I got caught and uh, I have never done it since, but I did it during a relapse. Um, I'm an addict, Chris is an addict we're different kinds of addicts and, um, you know, Chris is seeking help and Chris is doing the work. So um, that's not a comment on whether or not um, hooking up with someone underage is uh, acceptable. It's not, it it shouldn't even, I shouldn't feel like, Oh my gosh, as I talk about my friend, I better, I better, you know, we live in a culture now where if you don't, you know, condemn something, people like, well, you didn't condemn it. So that means, you know, it's, So since you have to say this out loud, since you can no longer operate on the assumption that like, yeah, don't kill people. Yeah. Don't hook up with girls under 18. Like, you know, you have to say like, I condemn killing. I condemn anybody that would knowingly hook up with a girl. And if that was their thing and they went after it and they tried to do that. Um, I don't know all the details. I don't know how everything went down for, I mean, for all I know and for all he knows, he did, hook up with someone under 18, not knowing they were because they either lied to him, showed him something that was a fake ID or presented themselves. I mean, I just, we just talked about how easy it is to fool people. I, have no, I, I wasn't there for any of it. So I don't know how that all went down. And um, But all I know is that uh, he's been a good man to me. And um, he posts all this coming out, he's been a good man to his son and he's been a good man to his wife. And, um, he's been a good citizen of the earth since this happened. Um, I don't know all the ins and outs of whatever went down because at a certain point I realized that, uh, things that were happening behind closed doors were being shared with me and they're being shared with me, um, in a pylon and they're being shared with me publicly on a website that's known for taking someone down Twitter. And, um, a certain point, it's kind of hard to ever know exactly everything. And I just had to, um, after reading several of the things, uh, and seeing that he had receipts on some of them and, and called some of them out and proved them factually to be untrue. Um, I do know this, they've done a lot of research on people that are into underage people. And it's not something that they, if someone's into that, they don't typically turn it down if they get offered it. So it doesn't make a lot of sense that he when some he had three or four times where someone said I'm 17, he's like I'm 16, he's like oh I can't talk to you any longer. People that are into that, they keep they go really, And they keep going. So all I'm going to say is, you know, he did he showed that he showed he did the right thing when he found out the wrong thing sometimes, and I can only go off what he showed me. I can only go off what one of my best friends is telling me and i can only go with my intuition i would leave my kids with chris because i don't think that he does this to people um right. I, I, I you know back in the day i don't know if i would love my wife with them okay but <laughs> I mean, Chris is a fucking slayer dude he was a, he was a player and like he he hooked up with uh, some beautiful women and um but my wife wasn't underage so when i make that joke i'm saying like you know my wife is she's 34 you know like uh, 10 years ago when she was 24 i don't know that i'd be like hey i I don't want you hanging out with chris by yourself (laughs) i'm just kidding but the point is yeah uh, he, he he knows he knows he knows that he liked um he liked to partake in women for a long time and um he's admitted that and um who am i to judge a man that um got caught up who am i to judge a man that um got caught doing a bad thing and who am I to judge a man who literally did everything people tell people to do. He addressed it immediately, briefly. He sat back and listened. And if you want to look at the half empty way, oh, he was plotting. He was waiting until the heat went down. How do you know he wasn't listening? How do you know he wasn't going to some sort of a, a a group and hearing from others? How do you know he wasn't, what do you know about what he was doing? Yeah. Like talk about a negative outlook to just assume that he's in the corner with the PR team. The fact is he let go of a PR team and lawyer pretty quickly because he realized he just needed help. You know, he just needed help. He needed to stay committed to his wife and keep his fucking dick in his pants. And, you know, by golly, he has, I'm proud of him. I love him. He loves my kids. He loves my wife. And, uh, crystal has saved my life once I went over to a friend's house looking for a gun. And, uh, you know, I had cheated on my wife, I'd relapsed, I'd done a lot of bad things. And Chris is on the road in Toronto and he'd just gotten off stage. And you know, he could have been doing what they say, right? Hooking up with girls or whatever. And he could tell by a group text that I'm in with some other comics that he's in, that I wasn't being myself. Cause I wear my personality on my sleeve. And if I'm happy, you know, and if I'm not happy, you know, and uh, I don't hide things well. And uh, unless I want to, and, uh, I didn't want to hide it. I wanted help. And, uh, I went over to my friend's house and I kept sending him out to get cigarettes and fruit punch and shit. Cause I was just trying to like, get him out of the house and look for his gun. And he would only leave for a little bit of time and I could never find it. And Chris found out that I was going to kill myself and he wouldn't get off the phone with me all night. He called and texted me and made sure. And he said, you know, you may think you're never going to get her back but you the only way that you'll truly never get her back is if you kill yourself. He's like you're not going to see her get up to that. He's like so like I know there's only a 1% chance you're going to get her. But th- you know, dumb and dumber it man. You're telling me there's a chance, like fucking take it. Like and he was he made me laugh and he made fun of me. He was dude you're also kind of fat right now. You don't want to die this fat, bro. Like he was like, you oh know, my like God. Get, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Like, you're going to kill yourself, like get in shape first. <laughs> he gave me a ton of shit dude and it really like he made me laugh. Wow. Wow. like and he, he oh yeah he talked me out of killing myself that night so holy
1: shit man so Jesus if Jesus anybody Christ. wants to that's clip a, that's a heavy wants,
2: shit man if anybody <laughs> wants to clip a... clip this out and like say skyler's a pedophilia uh support, no, fuck that, man. And, you know if anybody wants to fucking you know try and say that make sure you keep this part in where literally I'm talking about a guy that saved my life and my kids have a dad now because this guy at the peak of his fame, wouldn't leave me be alone for the night and then called me the next day and checked on me. Literally when he's like on his way to a pitch at YouTubers or NBC or something, he's pitching a show starring him and he's calling me in between pitches, making sure I'm okay. Like, listen, man, that's my experience with him. And you can't tell me about my experience. My friends stay my life and my friend's yeah. help right now and I'm not going to ditch my friend.
0: Wow yeah i had i had read a, I read an article holy shit and, man
1: that's fucking deep that's some fucking crazy deep shit man that's that's like fuck that's like wild yeah wow. he's a, he's,
2: a, he's a brother to me, and um wow i believe in him and um you know there's proof that he knew he wanted to go in a new direction He did a podcast once that everybody should listen to where he just kind of cried and said, I don't want to just be funny. I don't want to just make people laugh. I want to do good. I'm looking at all these guys on Instagram, like the rock and Mark Wahlberg and all this stuff and, and Chris Pratt. And they're all, they're just so positive and they inspire people. So he was already kind of turning a corner, but you know, I did the same thing. I got sober in 2015 the first time and everybody believed in me. When I came back from an impossible win, my wife had, you know, put me in jail one night after i had a meltdown and a fit of psychosis and i was untreated bipolar and untreated addict and untreated ADHD and i was self medicating with drugs and taking 20 vicodin a day and getting drunk blacked out four nights five nights a week and co- cocaine just about every other day and molly good twice a week and um you know my wife um put me in jail and served me with a restraining order and 2015, and um, I got sober for a year and seven months, and I made it that far. And I really did mean what I said back then. I meant I'm changed. I'm different. I want help. I don't want to keep going this direction. I don't, I don't want everything to be about me. And when things don't go my way, I don't want to bring everybody down. And I want to stop like leaving a wake behind me where I go. I'd get to fight with someone at 7-Eleven. I'd get in a fight with someone at the Ralph's grocery store. i get in a fight with a, my mom and not talk to her for two years. I'd yell at my wife. I, I just did terrible things. So when I got sober, I meant it. So it was kind of like when Chris gave that speech on his podcast before he got caught, about a year and a half before he got caught, he gave that speech. He meant it. He meant he wanted to do better. He meant he wanted to not just be a, a jackass making people laugh. He wanted to help people and change people, and inspire people. And so, but he was caught up with girls, And I was I meant it, too. And I was caught up with drugs and girls and drugs and girls went hand in hand. And so when I started using drugs and like fucking with myself and I got relapsed and I started like going to massage parlors and hooking up with hookers and stuff like I meant it. I meant, babe, I'm different. I was different. I just I wasn't done like exploring my dark side and hurting myself and looking in the mirror and hating myself. And the the self-hate wasn't completely gone yet. So he got caught up after he said he was done and I got caught up after I said I was done. And sometimes people have to fall down one more time. And this is the time that I'm getting up and I'm staying up and now I've got four years. So anybody that got mad at me, when I relapsed at a year and seven months, I got up. Anyone got mad at Chris for doing that all that for hearing that he wanted to be this person. And then he fucking fell down. Show me the person that hasn't fallen down. Show me me anyone you look up to. I'll find a meltdown. You look up to Tom Cruise. Did you hear him go off in that crew member the other day? Like, that was kind of mean. you know? you like Joe Biden. I can find some bad shit. Joe Biden's done. Not as much bad stuff as Trump's done, but he ain't perfect. Everybody fucking falls down. You know, everybody falls down. So many people you look up to out here. You think they're fucking so cool and they're fucking assholes. There's a lot of people that you fucking love that you have their DVDs and everything. And they're not fucking good people. You know, that happens. People are not fucking perfect. So he announced he wanted to get better and then he fell down. Now he's up. Pay attention to that. I announced I wanted to get better. I fell down. Now I'm up and I got four years. And Chris has a year. He's been sober from his situation for a year and I've
0: got four. And that's, that's all I'm going to say about that. Awesome. Um, so, so what. What's next? What's next for you? What, what are you, what are you working on? What, what do you have in in the works? I I know, I know you mentioned stuff. You said something about a podcast. You were filming a movie. Yeah.
2: I got a podcast. I'm starting called Skylar of service. It's all about me helping people. It's it's a recovery and comedy podcast. It's a mental health podcast. It's a philanthropic do-gooder podcast. It's a surprise podcast. I'm going to surprise people, help people you know, the tagline is laugh, help, forgive. And so it's all about laughing. It's all about helping others. And it's all about forgiving myself and in the process, forgiving, you know, the whole world. Um, so Skylar of Service will be out soon. I'm working on that. Um, I just filmed a movie called The Retaliators, written by these awesome uh, writers, the Gear Brothers, Darren Gear and um, uh, Jeffrey Allen Gear. And uh, they wrote this great revenge movie called The Retaliators. And it's fuck it's an 80s throwback but it's also very much of the times now it's got it's just a baller ass soundtrack the soundtrack's being done by the two guys that did um stranger things the music on stranger things nice and, um you know it's got actors from ozark in it uh, mark manchaka it's got joseph gatt from game of thrones in it it's got great actors in it and i've got a great couple scenes and i'm really excited about it uh that's the retaliators that's going to come out probably i think in the fall and then um I um I'm going to be on Hulu on a stand-up show called Coming to the Stage hosted by Jamie Kennedy. Um and um and then I'm I'm recording a big movie that you guys know what it is, but I can't say it. Um I've talked to uh Kevin about it a few times. Um but um Kevin actually said at the top of the show. So if you hear like a little edit at the beginning <laughs> That's because Kevin fucking dropped the movie, um, but I we're can't giving, say it yet.
0: We're giving Jay uh, uh, some some shit to edit out this week. Yeah, he's got to edit that <laughs> out. Jay, he's he's Jay, edit that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, man, dude, I, thank you for thank you for coming on. This this was this was you awesome. You guys
2: are fucking great, dude. Oh, that's awesome.
0: Any anytime you want to come back on. You know,
2: I'll come back once the Skylar of Service is ready to debut. I'll come back on and we'll just promote the shit out of that, you know? Um,
0: you and like we, we do stupid shit all the time. We had a big, stupid, ugly sweater party for Christmas and we invited all our former guests to come back on. So, you know, we'll, we'll be hitting you up from time to time just to, just to stop in or whatever. Absolutely. But thank you so much for, for coming in. It was, it, this was awesome. I mean, we've been, we've been doing this for two hours we haven't we haven't done a, a two-hour show in a long oh my end. god but it, every bit of it was worth it man it was it was i awful.
1: feel like i talked too much i'm sorry
0: no <laughs> no, no, no. Not, not at all, all. <laughs> not at all it talk, man this was awesome well thank right. you man so thank you once again skylar stone ladies and gentlemen god bless all right. That's going to do it for us here at Big Stupid Podcast. If you'd like to contact us, you can do so by emailing us at podcast at gmail.com, or you can call the Big Stupid hotline at 201-338-0098. Don't forget to like and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Just search for us, uh, Big Stupid Podcast on YouTube. Finally, you can follow us at Um, social media. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook and we are on Twitter on Instagram and Facebook. We are a big super podcast. And once again, as always on Twitter, there is no, No
1: I in in stupid. stupid.
0: Tell your friends about us, what you heard tonight, what you hear each and every week. Tune in for a new episode each and every Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern standard time wherever fine podcasts are found. Till so next week, John, you got anything else you want to say?
3: Have fun, everybody. Have fun. You've been listening to the Big Stupid Podcast, presented in part by Anchor. Interested in becoming a podcaster like us? Anchor has everything you need to make a podcast all in one place for free. Check out anchor.fm today. Our theme music is licensed from BKFM Music Production through audio jungle. Visit audiojungle.com for all your royalty-free music and sound needs. Further promotional considerations provided by PowerBar. Guests of the Big Stupid Podcast receive no compensation for their time opinions or any have big theories if you think you can handle being part of the show visit our social media sites and message us or email john and kevin at big gmail.com. not good enough for you okay mr big boy pants you can call 201 338 eight zero98 and leave us a message and maybe we'll play it back on our next episode participants waive all rights to anything resembling coherence and or common sense the big stupid podcast is a production of party boss productions unlimited No portion of this podcast may be repodcasted or otherwise transmitted in whole or part without the expressed written consent of Jen. It's on you to figure out which one. Good luck and have fun.